What's up guys? It's a great day. This is Fuquan Bilal and we are back with another great episode of the PFREI podcast series. We interview experts in the real estate business in order to provide you with some of the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, house flippers, and more. We appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to press play on the podcast and hope you enjoy this new episode. All right, guys, we're back again. Another great episode of PFREI. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Today, we have Jason DeBono from New View IRA. So we're going to get into a little bit different uh, today. We're still going to talk real estate. Uh, and basically, we're going to talk about it from, you know, using your IRA to really, really, you know, save some taxes and a lot of other benefits that uh, Jason going to share with you today. So just read your bio real quick, Jason, just a little bit of it. And then you can, uh, if I miss something that you feel is important, you know, let the listeners know. So you graduated from the University of Central Florida and you have 15 years of experience in self-directed IRA industry. So he's well seasoned. Uh, and you have served both for director of business and development of operations with Newview Trust Company and uh, serve as a custodian with over 1.4 billion with the, with the capital B. Bio has a low case B, but that's a capital B <laughs> of assets under custody now. Uh, so now your role as a corporate vice president, uh, you see, you oversee the day-to-day activities of the company. He's heavily recruiting to speak on podcasts, national events, and uh, subject matter and expert in tax advantage investing through retirement accounts. So we're going to talk about that today, the tax advantage investments and, um, you know, the, the climate is right. We got the new administrative administration in, in the office. We're not going to get into any political stuff. Um, I'm not a debater, but people like to save money, especially when a rich is going to be taxed. So I, I, I have a few questions also. You know, the first question I was asked to show before we jump into the tax questions. <laughs> Why are you passionate about real estate investing, Jason? That's the question I ask all the listeners, the first question at the top of the show. Well, I've got two answers for it. Uh, one is personally, one is professionally. Um, personally, I'm, I'm so passionate about real estate because I've seen what it can do from an investment standpoint. Um, I've, you know, I've invested in a variety of real estate deals, some you know, passively, a lot actively. Um, and I, I've just found that there's no other place I can put my money um, than some sort of real estate related asset where I can really kind of understand how it works in simplistic terms. Um, you know, no other investment offers that. Stocks don't, bonds don't. I mean, look at what the market's doing, you know, and, and, and all the craziness that's going on. The real estate market gives me that. It's not foolproof. It's not guaranteed, but, but it gives me that. Um, as far as professionally, the thing that I, I love about my job is I don't make investments uh, for clients. We simply make them on behalf of clients. So our clients are the ones that are going out, doing due diligence, finding investments, figuring out what they want, like what's good, what's not. So what's so cool about it is I get to live vicariously through them. And, uh, and I, I see it every day. And I have clients every day that say, gosh, I wish I knew about this 10 years ago, or this has changed my life. And so I see what an impact for people that are in the market that don't want to be there, but don't know they have an alternative. I've seen what that does to them when they finally get that alternative. That's a beautiful thing. I, you got to be in a, a good seat behind the scenes to see a, a lot of different transactions going on and what people are investing into, the different types of alternatives. And you see it actually working, right? Because payments are coming in and things yep. are happening. And I'm pretty sure uh, it's, it's uh, enticing also. It kind of gives you a radar to say, oh, 
you know, that's something I should I should look into. But um, we'll, we'll talk about that. Thank you for that answer. I really appreciate it. Um, the number one answer people usually say to is freedom. I, I've heard that probably 50 times by now. Freedom, 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 freedom. And um, I always joke because my 12 year old, uh, he see uh, how active I am now because uh, I'm still young and still active. I'm not fully passive yet. He said, I thought real estate was freedom. I see you doing a lot of work. So <laughs> I'm trying to get to that owner's box soon. Eventually, <laughs> but yeah, real estate is work, um, you know, but but so is money in every form and fashion and investments. But um, the, you are right from a freedom standpoint. If you put in the work, it creates freedom uh, and no other investment can can give you that over time. Absolutely. So let's let's jump right into the IRAs. Like, why did you decide to, uh, you know, put your 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 lifeblood into this business and 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 be involved with, you know, a trust company and help people understand the tax shelters and stuff that's out there? Because you know, we 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 think that you know there's going to be a major shift and things are going to change. Um, you know, of course, when the years go by, we'll see what actually happens, but. What are you seeing also, I don't know if this is a second question, but what are you seeing also how that may impact uh, using your IRA from investing? Do you think that uh, there may be some new laws that may change that and, and create a liability? Well, let's start with the first part of that because um, they're, they're you know really different spectrums and, and we could spend a lot of time on each one and I won't bore our listeners today with, 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 uh, with too much detail, but you know, I always kind of chuckle when people ask me, why do I do this? How do I get into it? And honestly, it was really because dad said no. Um, I, uh, I was a student at, at, uh, at UCF here in Orlando, and I was my last semester, I was looking for a job. Um, I was working at Macy's. It was a good job. But it wasn't experienced from a degree standpoint. So I went out looking for an internship and I stumbled across this tiny little company called Newview that, that had two other employees at the time. And um, you know, just a few clients. And I was so intrigued. And when I talked to my dad about what they did and what the business was, he was like, you can't do that. <laughs> and I said, well, gosh, dad says no, now I'm more intrigued. So when I got to the interview and, and, uh, uh, and the, the question was asked, you know what we do? And I, I said, as kind of a nervous, uh, you know, college student, probably shaking. And I said, uh, my dad said, you can't do this, you know, um, but anyways, it was it, it, it quickly went into it. You know, that's not an uncommon thing that we hear. Here's why we hear it. Here's how it works. And so when I left that interview and I called my dad and said, Dad, you got to you got to hear this. Like, this is so cool. Um, one, because you were wrong. Um, and I have, have very few chances in my life to tell him that. But, but <laughs> like, you didn't know this because the world isn't designed for you to know it. Um, and I've been here because every day my job has gotten better um, in terms of what I get to do, how I get to do it, who I get to do it with. Um, but most importantly is I get to see all this stuff through the eyes and lens of my clients. And, and it's been the most rewarding uh, part of all of this is watching people truly change their lives by getting out of this rat race of stock sponsored mutual funds and taking full control from a tax advantage standpoint and from a retirement and investment standpoint and buying these investments that they believe in. If they go up, it's good for them. If they go down, bad for them. Whereas the stock market, it's like a roll of the dice. And, and uh, like I said, no, no one can make money in that. The game's not, the, the, the stock market is, is just like the blackjack table. Um, it is without a doubt, um, the house will win 
at the end of the day. And I know there's way if you hold it long enough, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're playing a game that we can't really win. As gives us that. Absolutely. And this, let's go back to the words that we're using, alternative and traditional. Actually, I had a great interview with Kim Butler, and she said it's actually the opposite, Fuquan. Um, real estate is traditional and stocks are alternatives. I said, oh, you're absolutely right, because it's real estate's been around longer than stocks, right? So it's, it's actually traditional. And, you know, people have just been uh, domesticated and indoctrinated or whatever word you want to use to believe that, um, you know, that's the safest place to put your money. Um, and it's just a zero-sum game. And I'm not here to, to bash stocks. I know people who make money in it and people who diversify in it. A, a lot of my strategic partners play both fields and diversify that way. Um, but I, I think having a power to set up a retirement account and pick and choose what you want to invest in, right? What you got educated in, what you know well, what you can, uh, you know, all it's, real estate is multifaceted, right? So you can invest in turnkeys, you can invest in notes, you can buy a partial, you can move to a lending deal. You can do so many different things from your IRA account. You can do wraps, so many different things you can do um, to kind of diversify your portfolio. Uh, so what, what is the, and, you know, using HSAs uh, to do smaller deals, you know, partials and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure you've seen a lot of creative stuff, uh, you know, going, going through. Uh, so let's, let's talk about that. It's, it's when, when someone comes like, I want to set up an account, like, is it best to set up a Roth or start off with a, a regular IRA account? Like, what do you recommend? I mean, you know, from your point of view, if you had to open up an account, what type of an account would you start with? Um, all of the above. And, and I say that because there are different accounts for different reasons. Um, awesome. Let's and, get into it. I and, got my and pen and paper. The, the, the <laughs> goal is to get there, right? I mean, it's kind of like asking someone, you know, do you just have one bank account or one credit card? You know, no. I mean, you may have a credit card that, that you use for certain travel stuff. And then you may have a credit card that you use for all your household stuff because you get more points, Right. It's all about being strategic based on what makes the most sense. So the thing that you mentioned, and, and, and Fuquan, you hit my favorite account first, which is the HSA. Um, if you want my opinion, and, and this isn't advice, we don't give advice, but this is as close to advice as you'll ever hear me say is, it is the best type of account that exists for this reason. Every other retirement account of any kind has a tax on the way in or the way out. So traditional, set, simple, pre-tax retirement accounts, they're taxed at the end. The Roth account is taxed at the beginning. An HSA is not a retirement account. It's a special purpose account for uh, being used to pay for qualifying medical expenses tied to a high deductible health insurance plan. The HSA is tax deductible on the way in and tax free on the way out for qualifying medical expenses. It's the only way you actually are coming out ahead from a tax standpoint. You're not just eliminating it. You're actually gaining it's unbelievable. It's the best plan. So um, I, I say all of the above because you may have started your, your saving with a traditional account, and that may be enough for you. And you should look at an HSA and an ESA, which is an educational account. Those are unrelated to retirement. They're special purpose. You should have all three if the need for you fits. But maybe along the way, Fuquan, you know, 2008, the economy went south. You had some assets in your account that, that, that lost a lot of value. You may have said, you know what? I'm going to take half of those assets and convert them to a Roth. You need to be prepared to have as many of these accounts as necessary to meet your financial goals and objectives. 
So you should probably have a traditional, you should have a Roth where you're trying to convert little by little each year. You should have an HSA if you've got high deductible health insurance. If you've got kids, you should consider an ESA. So there's no one size fits all approach and, and, uh, and we can custody them all and you can put them all together for the sake of buying investments. That was, that was my next thing. So let's, let's, let's do this real quick for our listeners. HSA, e, uh, ESA, Roth, and traditional. Let's run down, let's go maximum investments per year in each one, HSA. Um, so first of all, I don't deal with the numbers. <laughs> I'm gonna get you close. I, you guys can Google this, it's all over the internet. Um, I'll save you from quickly keystroking to, to get them, but I'm gonna get close. Uh, $3,000, $3,050 for, for a, um, a single health plan and uh, 6,000 for a family plan. Got it, so 6,000 ESA. ESA is 2,000. 2,000. Uh, Roth is six, uh, Roth is 6k, right? 6,500. 6,500. Sorry about that. And then IRA traditional 6,500. 6,500. All right. So, but let me, uh, let me add two more to that list. Got it. IRA. So for those on this call that are self-employed, there's a SEP IRA. It's 25% of your income up to, I don't know, 60,000. Okay. So now it's significant. Then there's something that everyone should be well aware of. It's called a solo QRP is what we call it. It's a solo um, 401k. It's a 401k for people that have no common law employees. Uh, that has the same limit, like 60, 61,000. Maybe it's up to 63 by now. But you get to contribute as an employee and an employer. And it has a Roth component. So it pretty much is the SEP, but better. Um, but, but those two plans are awesome. If your goal is to sock money away, those are your plans. If you've already socked it away through a 401k, then the you know traditional and Roth IRA or where you're going to roll that over to. Got it. So here's the purpose I ask that. People usually say, and this is the common thing I get when I start telling people about IRAs. Oh, you've only put 6,500 to 6,000. How am I supposed to build it up? Like, okay, you can open up multiple accounts. You can spread your maximum across, right? And then you can actually combine those to invest on a deal. So you can actually get up to $25,000 by spreading your, your buckets across and you can create a deal with where they have percentage of ownerships in them and invest into a third party deal, lend to a lending deal. And all of them can combine the funds and lend on that deal. And basically uh, of course, whatever they're investing, they'll get their percentage, you know, based off of that, but you can grow it that way. You know, so now all of that money is growing versus you saying, Oh, I'm just going to start off with $6,500 a year and try to grow that 10%. So that was the whole purpose of me outlining it. So when the listeners here, they got, you know, 25,000 or whatever, they can split it up in a bunch of different accounts. And that you just mentioned the SEP and the solo QRP is, is that's like, you know, game over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can, you can buy a deal in Ohio somewhere, <laughs> cash flow and turnkey or something. So uh, that was the purpose of that illustration. Thank you for, for participating. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, what, what is the biggest hurdle you guys see where people don't want to open it? I mean, it's just simple, right? Come on, this is your retirement account. It's the tax shelter. Like, you know, is it just the education people don't have? I mean, you know. You know, I think it differs from person to person, but but to highlight the, the largest kind of conglomerate of reason, um, it's fear. Um, you know, the you kind of used the term earlier and, and I, I believe what you said completely, which is, you know, people have been led to believe or indoctrinated, if you will, that the stock market is safe. And, and to some degree, I mean, if you invest in the large cap stocks and you keep it conservative, it is pretty safe. It'll go up three to 5% year over year, as long as you don't, you know, 
fall in that valley when, when the market corrects, you're probably going to be okay. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Those are also the same type of people that will always be an employee somewhere. Um, you know, they'll never take the, the, the step to go out and, and do things on their own. And I'm not being critical, but, but fear has been instilled in us. And, and I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist at all, but let's face it. I mean, there's a lot of people that benefit from general fear of the public. And I think for a lot of those people, the market is where they belong. Um, they like the idea of real estate, just like they like the idea of starting a new business or changing careers. But guess what will keep them from ever doing it? Fear. Yeah. So for most of our client people that don't become clients, that's it. The second one is finding an investment. And, you know, there's a lot of people that that takes them a little bit of time. And it's it, it's part fear. Sometimes it's analysis um, paralysis where they just, you know, look at every deal. It's probably a byproduct of fear, but at least they're willing to do it. They like the idea. They're actually going to do it at some point. They just haven't gotten there yet. And, and that's where education is key. So how, how are you presenting this to your kids? You have two kids, right? A son and a daughter or three? How many yep, kids? One's nine, one's one. So oh, one's uh, nine and one is one. It would right. be completely different to both of them, right? <laughs> so because I, I mean, my son was in his second grade and we, we he does video editing work for me since he was younger. He had come out and record me at properties. So that's how I pay him for him to have his, his account set up. Um, but we, we got him a Roth and he went and the teacher said, hey, what's new this week? And he said, my dad set up a Roth IRA. She was like, what's that? He's <laughs> like, my teacher didn't even know, dad, I have a Roth. He started feeling good and everything else. And, you know, he told her what it was and she was excited. And I gave her the you know, custodian that we used and that was that. But um, how are you how are you explaining this to your your kid, your, your child to get them, you know, prepared? I'm pretty sure you have accounts set up for them. Yeah, so so right now we use the ESA um, because that there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, we want to put as much into that uh, to make sure we hit the two grand every year, and and that's been invested um, alongside a lot of my other deals in private notes. It's done some some uh, uh, land trust deals, some equity participation, and some passive real estate. But that's that's been it. That's really been behind the scenes. He's probably not mature enough to understand it, other than. He knows he has a college savings account when anyone in his family or anyone gives him cash for his birthday or for Christmas, we take it um, and we don't, you know, take it and line our pockets. But we say, hey, listen, you know, this is 80 bucks that you've got. We're going to take this and put this into your educational account because you have to take responsibility for it, too. We're not going to be the only ones putting the money and this is how it works. So that's at a high level. The other thing that we've done, and this has actually been it's really two part. Um, one is. Um, we bought a short-term rental property and it's a, a beach condo that we like to use. So it's, it's partly for us, but it's, we, we renovated it uh, and we, we, we've got it in a short-term rental pool. And so, you know, through the entire process over the last year and COVID has been a little bit different naturally, um, you know, because of, of it, but um, he gets paid to work. Um, he gets $5 an hour when he works hard, he gets a raise. When he works bad, he gets a, he, he loses money and he gets four bucks an hour and three bucks an hour um, if he asks for money in advance, we give him the money and we tell him, okay, here's $5, but you owe me six or here's 10 and you owe me 12. So he understands, uh, it's probably loan sharking, I suppose. From a <laughs> 20%. Yeah. <laughs> As we rent the condo, you know, that we tell him, Hey, we got a renter this month. We can't use it, but because we rented it, you know, three weeks in a row, you know, we, we don't tell them numbers. Kids can't go to school and say, you know, they, they can't talk in numbers or it will never go well. Yeah, we'll tell them, yeah. hey, if we rent this for 20 days, we start making money. So look, we rented 27 days this month. 
we're making money and we're going to take some of that money and we're going to put it in your educational account so that you have money for college. So we try to tie all those things together um, to, to kind of teach. I'm a big believer that kids at the earliest of age need to understand two primary principles outside of all the other important things like school, et cetera. One is that the harder you work, the more it will pay off. Maybe not today, but tomorrow. The lazier you are, the, the, the less you're going to have in your life. And then the second thing is the power of saving, whether that be saving through not spending or whether that be saving through actually truly saving, it doesn't matter. But it's that understanding that you put this away, you don't touch it, you don't see it. Uh, and uh, on the last bit on that, I was really proud of him. We, we set some family goals in January. We, we, try to, you know, we try to set them under different categories, right? What are we gonna do to give back? What are we gonna do to learn this year? What are the things we wanna do? And one of them is uh, we use all else, right? So it's live, love, leisure, um, I like liquidity. that. Um, and so, so live, love, leisure, live, love, leisure, um, liquidity. Gosh, I, I actually have it. Um, live, love, leisure, liquidity, learn. Okay. So learn, um, you know, at least one item and it can't be, I'm going to go to school and participate. What are you going to learn? Um, what, what are you going to learn that you don't know? You want to play the fiddle? Let's put it on the list. You want to, you know, you want to learn how to throw a football a hundred yards, put it on the list. Um, that's learn live is something that you wouldn't go out and do. You want to jump out of an airplane. You want to do something not that extreme and not that will give you a heart attack, but what do you want to do? You know, that's going to cause you to get out and live um, and actually get out of the house and do something. Um, love. What are you going to do to love someone to show love and compassion to someone else? Not to me, not to mom, not to anyone else, but what are you going to do? So um, it doesn't have to be volunteering, but it could be, you know, there's a kid at school that's always getting picked on. I'm going to make it a point to, you know, put my arm around him or her. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what it is. Um, That's some great principles, man. I really appreciate you sharing. Yeah, we leisure is, um, what do you, where do you want to go? We're big on travel. We have a, a map of all 50 states um, and we try to take a trip or two every year. We circle a state and we, we put a picture in that little map uh, every time we go. And it's kind of a family board of, hey, you know, Hard work is is one thing, and we work to make money, but we also work to live, and um, and we want to do something leisurely. So, what does that look like? Uh, and then liquidity is kind of as close as we could get with an L word that was monetary. Is what can you do to make money, to earn money, to get like what can you do that's monetary? Um, and he set a goal to save a hundred dollars um, this year, and so he's working and he's earning money and he's saving a hundred bucks. That's awesome, man. And those those habits that you you're teaching them is going to pay off tremendously. I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, and and honestly, you know, I hear stuff from people like you that 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 I hear and I respect their their feedback and clients. And you know, I certainly didn't create that or come up with it. You know, we made it ours for our family. But um, you know, that's the thing that I love. You asked me why why do I do what I do? It's because I I understand how important those things are. Um, and you know, like tonight, I'm going to be home a little bit late. Um, but he understands that, Hey, part of work is working hard. And sometimes working hard means working late. It doesn't mean you sit at the office and avoid coming home, but it means that, Hey, if you can, if you've got to work a little bit late and I've got to, to, you know, we as a whole family make that sacrifice. It's not just me that's here late. It's the whole family that's, that's dealing with that. My wife's got two kids. She's, she's dealing with, cause I'm not there. My son doesn't have dad at home you know, to throw the football with, it's going to be dark. I mean, all those are sacrifices, but he understands that when we go on trips, it's because we have the financial freedom to do that. And so, you know, all of that is all part of one big ecosystem. And it doesn't mean we always get it right, but we try to give that 
guidance. And again, I've, I've learned this from watching people that are way smarter, way better with money, have way more experience, do this in their lives. Uh, and I try to steal some bits and pieces from it. Yeah, that's good, man. <laughs> this is a great podcast. It's really, um, you know, it's a different spin. Usually we just jump right in and start talking about real estate and deals and everything else. And, you know, we're talking about real life situations, family and, you know, educational savings and all that good stuff. So I definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing that. Um, you know, bringing it back a little bit to to using this IRA vehicle as a tool. I had mentioned earlier, because you hear, you know, bits and pieces about, you know, when the rules change, it can affect, you know, how the IRA, you know, thing is going. You know, just high level, if you want to talk about that a little bit, any any news flashes that, that's out there, nothing is done yet, but things that people may want to look out for, if any. Well, you know, there, there's no right way to answer this in terms of what's coming. I mean, we all are, everybody's always a bit uncertain in every four years, regardless of whether the, the guy or girl you want won or lost, um, it doesn't matter. There's still uncertainty about the next four years. Um, you know, I think there Trump, from an administrative standpoint, forget about his, his complete character flaws, right? But from an administrative standpoint, was very pro-investment, pro-real estate. That was his background. Whether you agree with it or not, it's a fact. Um, the, the, the thing that I think a lot of real estate investors are at least wondering is, are we going to have that same level of mindset, right? Super low interest rates, um, you know, low tax basis, uh, lowering long-term capital gains treatment, or is there going to be some rollbacks on those? And, um, you know, I don't know where we'll go directionally. I know this. Um, there's not a president in the, in the history of our country that, that we didn't survive, whether it be for, for Trump's antics, whether it be for tax policies, maybe that'll be instituted in this, this um, you know, um, regime, whether you agree with them or not, we're all going to survive it. People are, um, you know, crazy if you think that, that the world's going to come crumbling down. We're still the greatest nation on earth as a result. And, and um, um, that's my little sidebar on that. Sorry. But, um, but when it comes to, to policies, yeah, I mean, you have to be aware of who's in office and you have to be aware that if we're going to be a, a, a government that's more spend heavy, then naturally there's got to be a tax base changed in order to, to accommodate that. Um, where will they go get it from? I don't know. I mean, I think we would all, uh, everybody in the real estate community would agree it's a target. Um, it's not a bad thing. A couple few percent is going to change anybody's lives, but it may change our philosophies and how we invest. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised over the next four years to see a change in, in some of the tax code around 1031 tax, um, tax-free exchanges um, or tax-deferred exchanges. I think that's probably something where there may be some, some change. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a change to the long-term capital um, gain tax rate. Um, I think you have some inheritance stuff that you'll probably see. Um, you know, whether that impacts real estate or not depends on, on the assets of the, the decedent. Um, but I think you're going to see some changes there. Um, now, what those equate to and whether there are enough changes where you just adjust your pro forma or whether or not they cause you to go, yeah, now I'm going to do this in an IRA because I don't want to pay the tax because it's gotten too egregious. I don't know if we'll get there. Um, I know this, the best way to invest is to not think about taxes at all. And the only way to do that is through a retirement account. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to care about who's in office. The ability is there today. <laughs> if I own a property with exactly. an IRA and Trump drops the long-term capital gains rate, I don't care. If Biden raises it, I don't care. If we don't, it doesn't matter to me. So uh, I'm a fan of, of IRAs because they, they're a tool. And, and, and the piece that I think people overlook, and, and I, I was just talking to a group earlier, 
if you invest, everybody thinks you start to look at rate of return, rate of return, rate of return, rate of return. I've got news for you. Rate of return is only about making money. It's a short-term issue. The biggest number, the most important number on a pro forma is tax rate. It's the most important number. And, and anyone that, that disagrees, you can email me with whatever scenario. And I promise you, I will come back with some way to prove the beat, the beat. it does matter. It does matter. Yeah. The game, you will lose the game over time if Uncle Sam is, gonna, is going to take money out of your pockets, regardless of who's in office. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. What we didn't cover, the inherited IRA. Yeah, you know, inherited IRAs have changed. That was a, a tax. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Yeah, that was one that changed um, in the last administration. So, um, you know, and that's not surprising. I mean, if you really think about it, they're already giving us tax benefits. And the previous code says we can give that to our kids and grandkids and they can have the tax benefits forever, right? I mean, it, it was a great deal. They realized, hey, wait a minute, um, we probably ought to go peel some of this money back sooner. And in order to do that, we're, we're only going to allow you to keep an IRA for 10 years after someone dies. So it's still good. It gives you time to wind down assets. It gives you time to not be forced to liquidate anything, maybe when it's not the right time to sell. Um, but yeah, the, uh, all good things must come to an end. And then <laughs> it now happens at 10 years. Yeah, a few years ago, everyone was like, woo, who got some of those inherited IRAs? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, thanks, Jason. I really appreciate you coming on the show, man, and sharing your wealth and knowledge and, um, you know, your love for your family and, and those principles. That was really good. It felt good to hear that. And I made some notes also. Uh, so I really appreciate you sharing that. And any any last words for our viewers? You want to plug your website, plug your Facebook page, or, or some or event you got guys got coming up where they can catch you guys at, any, any content you guys deliver? You guys have weekly uh, programs where people can tap into and get some more information about uh, Nubia. Yeah, well, first of all, Fuquan, thank you for having me. I, I enjoyed the discussion and and uh, and had some fun doing it. Love when we can get a little off script and and talk uh, less about business every day and 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 sometimes mixing in a little bit of life because they do go hand in hand. Um, as far as advice, you know, and or or parting words, I'll say this, and I say it to to everyone I talk to: educate yourself, educate yourself, educate yourself. Um, ignorance is not an excuse. And if you think someone else is going to do it for you, um, it's not going to end well. So um, if you want to be a better investor, go out and get information. I, I applaud everyone that's listening to the podcast because you're taking a step. Um, there's lots of great podcasts. There's lots of great websites. There's lots of great seminars, events, mentors. Go out and invest in yourself. And if you want to change what you do today, change it. Don't be scared, take a leap of faith, but you won't be as scared if you're educated. So that's my, my tidbit. Um, Newview Trust uh, Company uh, is the firm. Website is Newview with a U-N-U-V-I-E-W trust.com. Uh, you can email me directly. So for those that want to take me up on that tax challenge, do it. Uh, for those that just have <laughs> some it. questions, whether it be the personal stuff we covered or the professional stuff, um, my email is Jason, uh, J-A-S-O-N at newviewtrust.com. Uh, you can find me there as well. Um, once you're on our website, all of our events are there. I, I won't pretend to know exactly what's upcoming. Uh, obviously, with COVID, lots of it is virtual, or all of it right now is virtual. Um, so I don't know the frequency um, uh, to which we're doing it, but there's no doubt you'll have uh, more content than you can digest um, right on our website uh, at newbytrust.com. Thank you, Jason. I really appreciate your time, brother. Appreciate it, man. This was really good. Another great episode, PFREI. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal, Passion for Real Estate. You catch us on Instagram, Twitter, and all those other couple of, I don't know, 10, 20 social media platforms. <laughs>
Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. This was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Passion for Real Estate Investments podcast. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a passion, the number four, REI. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day.